Like, I literally don't have anything funny to say. I'm sorry. I've I've just been... I mean, I could go on a rant about how my fucking job should be open already, but I won't because that's not funny. This kid came into my work the other day <laughs> and uh, he's his parents are checking in, give their tickets to my coworker. And they yeah. said, okay, somebody's say thank you. checking in. <laughs> they said, <laughs> uh, say thank you, Aiden. And then this little kid went, thank you, Aiden. <laughs> What a dummy. <laughs> I watched a horror movie last night. I loved it. Oh. <laughs> um, I'd never heard of it before. I think yeah. it's called You Leave, You Die. Okay. You Leave, You uh, Die. I have to d- double check on that one. Um, but it was it was good. <laughs> Unexpectedly good. It has like oh. three different twists in it. We're like, you're not really sure where it's going. Like it starts off like a, a babysitter looking after this kid uh, and somebody breaks into the house and they have this whole thing. You can't leave the house. So you're going to die. And you're kind of like, okay, like I've seen this movie, uh, but then huh. it takes a twist and then you're like, okay, so this is the movie maybe. And then it takes another twist and then <laughs> it's actually really good not twists it's just the plot changes like the motivation behind the plot changes and you're just like by the end of it it's just like holy fuck uh i really really liked it it was really really good and there's a kid in it that's playing like a 12 year old like going on 13 um Mm -hmm. i don't know how old the actor actually is but he was so good and this is on our our not sponsor shutter yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been going <laughs> every every month. <laughs> every month I cancel it. Every month or so I cancel it. Shutter. Um, this is the longest I've kept it. I've actually like, shut it. <laughs> <laughs> I've put a lot of effort into it this time. Like we're looking up lists of like the highest mm. rated or like little gems and like kind of letting other people do the legwork for us because there's yeah. so much yeah. garbage yeah. on there. Um. I was going through one of the lists and I came across Wolf Cop and it reminded me of that party that we went to. Wolf Cop's taking his makeup off. We went to a party in Toronto and the guy that played Wolf Cop was there. And um, it was like a launch party thing after uh, one of the Comic Cons. And we had these like VIP tickets, like fucking ballers. That was awesome. But we none of us were drinking. We had all these like drink tickets and then none of us were drinking. It was such a waste. Um... And our cousin was there and he was like, Wolf Cop's going to take his makeup off at midnight. And he just kept like, he was so excited. Yeah, he and told we, us like so many so times. Many times. We're like, okay. And then we left, we left and he was like, what? You leaving early? But Wolf Cop's going to take his makeup off at midnight. And I was like, Andy. Didn't like, we, we talked to him like the next happen. day. And then we, we talked, talked to him the next, next day. day. Oh, how was Wolf Cop? He's like, yeah, he's just a dude. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like... What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, he's just a dude. He's <laughs> just a dude under there. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I laugh about it every time. And I came up on that list last night and I just lost it. I totally, yeah. I forget about it until I'm reminded of Wolf. Is it actually good? Oh, Andy. Uh, I have no idea. I've never seen it. I think that kind of, that's the only thing I know about it is that yeah. we met Wolf Andy. God, but he took his makeup off of it. like, and, and he was just, just some guy. How how horrible was it for that guy to have that makeup on oh, the entire man. convention? Actually, he was midnight. loving it because he got so much attention, and and he is just a dude under there. Like yeah. it's not like <laughs> you know whatever. Brad Pitt, like, right? <laughs> I think that's what Andy was kind of like. He was like, "Who's under there? Like, is it somebody yeah. that's like?" And it's like, no. I mean, it's. Just no, some guy. <laughs> yeah, like who was it gonna be though? Like, yeah, like I don't know. We're at like this. Yeah, it's not like I mean I it was a fa- it was a fancy party, but it wasn't that 
fancy of a party. No, no. It wasn't going to be like Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like psych. It's actually a metaphor for Scientology. Yeah. You're all indoctrinated now. <laughs> my, friend, my friend in the Zoom meeting I had last night, she's telling me about this natural path she's going to she's like it's crazy they can tell about your food allergies you just have to hold these two metal rods in your oh my god and then they tell you all your food allergies and i was like that's scientology (laughs) she's like no it's a natural path he's like a certified natural path i was like that's not i don't look i'm not an expert Mm -hmm. but i don't think that's the thing that natural paths do i'm pretty sure you just went to a scientology meeting (laughs) Oh yes, that's amazing. She refused to believe me. I was no. like, "No, sorry." Oh, anyway. oh my god! Right? <laughs> Imagine. Um, <laughs> so, speaking yeah. of uh, people falling for crazy things, <clears throat> I think I'm going to go into my episode now. Okay, you have to do our intro first. Though. Oh yes. Um, I know uh, we started forever ago. <laughs> we'll just cut all that out you're listening to the odd sisters podcast <laughs> i'm marcy i'm allison and i'm julia and marcy's doing the lot. edits during <laughs> during the intro no, you can keep that in we have a we have a what since we have moved to zoom to record this we're having a hard time like warming up because you mm-hmm. have to feed off people's energy like i don't know how comedians just do these like comedian cast things in their living room so yeah. much of what you do performance wise like feeds off of other people's energy and without you guys here it's like it's so weird yeah well you've got a gi- giant teddy bear behind you I, yeah so i was s- just thinking looking at all the bears that are behind you yeah. <laughs> this three room, of them. again this room is like there's a unicorn over here your room is like an i spy page yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a disaster it and you're right like there's a record player and a, guitar spy. And a suitcase with records and Roller I spy three, three bears, two and a Picasso. <laughs> oh, there's like a shrine over there. This room <laughs> was clean and it looked really nice. I kind of set it up like a little record listening lounge kind of thing. But then with COVID, like no one's coming over. I'm not having anyone over for like drinks and listening to records. So it just ended up being like, just throw that in there. Just throw that in there. Like, mm. I don't want it to be like that anymore. I have to get rid of a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, you gotta, I want to tell you. Anyway, just, guy. just cut that out. Cut that out, <laughs> Allison. Just edit that out. <laughs> bring up, um, bring up uh, Marcy's volume a little bit. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm recording on this headset now. <laughs> I used to be on like the the just the headphones with the microphone, mm-hmm. and now I've got this like the gaming headset on for sitting at my computer. But I feel like a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's weird. It's a weird feeling. Uh, you I don't... look nothing like a pilot. <laughs> just, to, just to be clear, maybe like a strawberry shortcake pilot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the strawberry helicopter. Yeah. Okay. This is weird. They have one. Of <laughs> I think they do. I think there's like a little plane they fly that's a strawberry. Wow. Or a helicopter with like the the leaf propellers. <laughs> oh, I'm rubbing my eye, so I'm tired. Okay. Oh, no. I want to tell you about this guy named Philip Zimbardo. Zimbardo? Zimbardo. Yeah. Uh, he was born on March 23rd, 1933, into a very poor Italian family in New York City. So there's kind of like a couple of strikes there. First of all, 1933, you're born in the Depression to an mm-hmm. already poor family that's now in the Depression. Uh, and they're Italian and in New York City. Yeah. Um, so he's growing up that way through the 30s and 40s. They kind of remain poor for most of that time. Um, yeah. And because of that, he was a victim of lots of instances of racism and prejudice. Uh, mm. He is an interesting looking man. He, When I look at him now as an adult, he does look very Italian. But uh, when he was growing up, he was mistaken for Jewish and Puerto Rican and sometimes even uh, just like a whole bunch of different races. He, he was just throwing a bunch of different races. Mm. He, he had like Italian racism against him in New York, but also was just kind of thrown into the mix of a whole bunch of different races. Oh, lucky. Plus he was poor. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of prejudice against that. Uh, it really 
inspired him to push hard and work hard and kind of overcome that, which is a nice thing. It's a nice story when someone doesn't just fall victim to that. Um, and he worked really, really hard. In 1954, he completed his Bachelor of Arts with a triple major in psychology, sociology, and anthropology from Brooklyn College. Wow. So wow. smart dude. Smart guy. Yeah. yeah. The next year, he completed his Master's of Science. Uh, and then four years later, he finally received his PhD in psychology from Yale University. So rising up, right? Yeah. Born into poverty, pushes himself, succeeds. Now he's at Yale. <laughs> yeah, he graduated from Yale. He bounced yeah. around different faculties, teaching at Yale first, and then New York University, and then Columbia University, before finally landing at Stanford University in 1968. Mm. Uh, 1971, so a couple years later, he made tenure as a professor of psychology. And that same year, he accepted a grant from the U.S. Office of Naval Research. Um, so psychology professors would often receive grants from organizations that were looking for studies to be done. It was kind of a way to like, I'm not sure that it was cheaper, but um, they would have resources to complete studies uh, with their classes, right? So mm. it I, I think it is kind of cheaper to do it that way. Like you can give them a grant and it's not as much as paying a working psychologist that doesn't have a class mm. to work with. And anyway, so he, he accepts this grant from the U.S. Office of Naval Research. They were interested in Zimbardo researching the causes of difficulties between guards and prisoners in holding facilities. So they wow. wanted to know psychological ramifications. Allison's grinning. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop here for a moment to tell you that everything that I'm about to tell you, uh, the reason why I wanted to do this episode, it's a little bit relevant. They just released a Netflix movie that is based on what's about to happen. So if oh. you're interested in this, you can go to Netflix. Uh, but I highly recommend you listen to this and then also watch the documentary on this. And then go watch the Netflix one. I haven't watched the Netflix one yet because it's fictionalized. But anyway, mm. just in case you're like, things are starting to sound familiar or do sound familiar. That would okay. Be so he felt one of the best ways to study the effects was to witness them. But he couldn't go into a prison to do that because the power struggles in that system were already established. He wouldn't know why they were like that or how they came to be because they were just there already. So there's only so much he could do from studying established prison systems. So instead, Zimbardo decided to create his own scenario to study. He asked for volunteers. From everyone that volunteered, he selected 24 participants who are mostly white, mostly middle class, all of them male, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. They were intentionally selected. Uh, they intentionally selected those with no criminal backgrounds and made sure that they put them through psychological psychological examinations to prove that they could handle high stress situations so they really vetted the volunteers yeah 24 of them uh so now he has 24 participants for his study now that he had the people for his study he needed a prison for them to function in so he decided to use the basement of one of stanford buildings actually the psychology building um i can't remember the name of the building but he used the basement and he created a jail so it's, it's doesn't, it doesn't look like a jail. It's very, very makeshift, but he does mm. create cells. They're six by nine feet. Uh, they contained nothing but cots for the prisoners to sleep in. That was it. Mm -hmm. it was a cell with a cot in it. Um, and there was a separate area for the guards that was built. So he used a Where coin flip. Where did they flip. go to the bathroom? That's a good question. He used a coin <laughs> flip and assigned 12 of the 24 participants to the role of guard and the other 12 to the role of prisoners. Um, so literally it was a, a toss of a coin to decide yeah. who you were going to be completely yeah. randomized. Keep it fair. <laughs> exactly. And on April 15th, 1971, the experiment started. So the day before everything kicked off on April 14th, he gave the guards an orientation quote, you can create in the prisoners feelings of boredom. He said a sense of fear to some degree. You can create a notion of arbitrariness that their life is totally controlled by us, by the system, you and me, and they'll have no privacy. We're going to take away their individuality in various ways. In general, what all this leads to is a sense of powerlessness. This is, in this situation, 
or sorry, that is in this situation, we'll have all the power and they'll have none. They then handed the guards wooden batons that they were to use to establish their status, as well as clothing that was similar to a guard uniform and mirrored sunglasses that would help them to avoid eye contact. Mm. I think I have a picture. Let me just double check here. Um, I do, but just wait one, one moment. I'll share them both at the same time. Um, okay. The next day, so back to April 15th, the next day with the guards waiting at their posts, the prisoners were quote unquote arrested at their homes and quote unquote charged with armed robbery. The local mm. police department assisted with the arrests, conducting full booking procedures at the police station. Oh, wow. Including fingerprinting and mug shots. For, for but they then didn't actually put it through. Right? No. <laughs> you now have a criminal record. Thanks for yeah. volunteering. <laughs> did you put that one through the shredder <laughs> um, so they had their fingerprints done they were had mug shots taken and then they were driven to the fake prison and released into the custody of the fake guards where they were strip searched and given new clothes uncomfortable and ill-fitting smocks and stocking caps as well as a chain to be worn around one ankle each smock had a number sewn into it with the guards which the guards had been instructed to use when speaking to the prisoners rather than their names. Mm. Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 12 of those people had immediate regrets for what they volunteered for. Yeah. They were like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Wait, are they being paid yeah. or is it super volunteer based? They're being paid. Okay. okay. Well, maybe, maybe not, I guess. Uh, the mock prison cells were set up to hold three prisoners each. So the six by nine with three people in them. Uh, what? They, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a small corridor for the prison yard, a closet for solitary confinement, and a bigger room across from the prisoners for the guards and the warden. I forgot to mention that Zimbardo set himself up as warden so that he was oh. kind of in charge of everything. He could monitor everything. Yeah. Uh, so that makes sense. there wasn't someone else kind of pulling the strings or anything, right? Um, mm-hmm. The prisoners were to stay in their cells at, or the yard all day and all night. They didn't get to leave. So this volunteer mm-hmm. thing, the prisoners were, that's where they lived now. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the guards worked in teams of three for eight hour shifts and were not required to stay on site once they were off shift. Uh, there are only nine prisoners as well they kept so they they selected 12 of each but they kept three on the side that weren't participating yet in case somebody needed to leave Mm. so that they could fulfill the role again and have a full 12 and 12 or nine and nine sorry so there's only nine guards nine prisoners and the prisoners are off plotting their armed robbery (laughs) they're like here's what the other guys did wrong we'll fix it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so the guards, the prisoners have to stay in these cells. The guards were not required to. Uh, even when they were on duty, they were given breaks. Uh, they had a lavish area to rest in that included comforts and encouraged relaxation. Uh-huh. So very opposite experiences. The first day was more or less uneventful. Nothing really happened. People settled in. Guards worked their eight-hour shift. But on the morning of the second day, the guards found that the prisoners in cell one had blocked the door with their beds. They'd taken off their stocking caps and stocking caps, and they were refusing to come out or listen to the guards' instructions. So immediate pandemonium, just like fuck you guys. Wow. The guards. Hmm? Wow. Oh, yeah. That was quick. That was quicker than Fast. I thought. <laughs> the guards, the guards who weren't on shift but were still on site. So I guess there's kind of like a little bit of excitement around that second day where they didn't necessarily want to go home because they were kind of like, what's going to happen? So there was a bunch of guards that were still there that were on shift and they volunteered to work in order to help the revolt. They band together, uh, attacking the prisoners immediately with fire extinguishers. What? Yeah. They literally Like, like, like beat the door down and attacked the prisoners to like get them in line. Is that allowed? Yeah, where's the warden? Anything, the 70s. Anything's allowed at this point. <laughs> the whole, you know, um, because the prisoners were there all the time. So, uh, and the guards had to work in shifts. There was only three of them and they were constantly outnumbered. So it was constantly three against nine from the mm. guards to the prisoners. So one guard suggested um, using psychological tactics to control the prisoners. They set up a privileged cell and any prisoners who weren't involved in the riot were able to use it and be treated to rewards like nicer meals. 
So it was rewarding good behavior and punishing bad. So the uh-huh. other prisoners had to stay in their cell. The other ones got to leave and have like a nice meal instead. Uh, so very like just behave and then you get something nice, uh-huh. which isn't um, unheard of. I feel like a no. lot of uh, authoritarian reactions are similar. Yeah. Rewarded for big good behavior. Mm-hmm. For bad. So after 35 hours, we're still on day two. After mm-hmm. 35 hours, one of the prisoners started acting, according to Zimbardo, crazy. He said, quote, number 8612 then began to act crazy. It took everything not to sing that like Russell Crowe. began to act crazy (laughs) to scream to curse to go into a rage that seemed out of control it took quite a while before we became convinced that he was really suffering and that we had to release him so one down day two yeah one's gone out of there it it would be really i i think there is like a part of your brain maybe that if I don't know what they were told on paper when they volunteered mm-hmm. for this, but I think there is something of like being stuck with people. I'm assuming you don't know and not being allowed mm-hmm. to go home that like, yeah, oh, would have been like not it'll going be... home is the worst yeah. like, in <laughs> any situation. Even sometimes I'm at Julia's house and I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie with Jules and Jane and then I'll just sleep on their couch. And then as soon as it gets time for like bedtime, I'm like, oh. Just I want to go home. Go home. <laughs> Not going home sucks. Unless you're in some like five star hotel somewhere. No matter what the situation, it sucks. Not going. Yeah, home. that's me though. I really like being at home. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't say I agree. But you know, especially in this situation, you're like, oh, I didn't think this through. Yeah, and it's like mm. they didn't actually commit a crime. Like they just volunteered yeah. to be part of some sort of like experiment and now they're being held captive basically it's like they, they literally kidnapped these guys sort yeah. of like yeah. <laughs> let's let's hold for a minute okay for the rest of the experiment so that was day two we have okay. the guards beating the prisoners with fire extinguishers <laughs> privilege cell that guy goes crazy screaming did they beat them with the fire extinguishers or did they spring at them with the fire extinguishers because those are two I, very it, actually that's things. very different and it doesn't specify it says attacked them with I imagined like a hitting kind of Oof. motion to like, but I thought they sprayed him with it. Like the phone. I imagined hitting of, too, but, the- but I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's not very I feel good like for the hitting them with fire extinguishers is an aggressive first move. That's why I it thought is, it's like them, instant violence and yeah. you're concerned, yeah. but I guess they're like cool down. Two. So let's, let's move into the rest of the experiment and some okay. of the okay. things that happened. <laughs> Uh, as kind of just a, a mishmash, a list of things that happened throughout the rest of the experiment. Uh, guards forced the prisoners to repeat their assigned numbers to reinforce the idea that this was their new identity. They soon oh used these prisoner, uh, they soon used these prisoner counts to harass the prisoners using physical punishment such as protracted exercise for errors in the prisoners' count. So. Sorry, my ear got itchy. Um, so they were forced to repeat the numbers. So they would stand in the line and they'd be like, uh, 8612, uh, 416. And they'd have to like repeat the numbers as they go along. And if they had an error in it, then they would have to like, like run the length of the hall and do this. Like they were like, it was mm. for no reason, right? It's tortures to keep them in line. Uh, mm-hmm. Sanitary conditions declined rapidly, exuberated or ex- exasperated by the guards' refusal to allow some of the prisoners to urinate or defecate anywhere but in a bucket placed in their cell. As punishment, nah. the guards would not let the prisoners empty the sanitation bucket. Ew. Mattresses, mm. right? <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor butters. Um, <laughs> mattresses. You got poop, are... don't you? <laughs> <laughs> mattresses... I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Mattresses were a valued item. I, I got that. I just don't know oh, okay. what episode, but it's oh, okay. It's okay. okay. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, mattresses were a valued item in the prison, so the guards would punish prisoners by removing their mattresses, leaving to, leaving them to sleep on the cold concrete floor. Some prisoners were forced to be naked as a method of degradation. Several guards became increasingly cruel as the experiment continued. Experimenters reported that approximately one third of the guards exhibited genuine sadistic tendencies. Wow. Mm. Prisoner power. Yeah. 
Uh, prisoner number 416, who replaced the man that left at the beginning, uh, expressed concern when he arrived about the treatment of the other prisoners. The guards responded with more abuse. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Could yeah. you imagine walking into that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, excuse me. <laughs> so he refused to eat his sausages, saying that he was on a hunger strike. The guards confined him to solitary confinement, which was a dark closet, um, and instructed the other prisoners to repeatedly punch on the door while shouting at 4116. Oh my god. The guards said that he would be released from solitary confinement only if the other prisoners gave up their blankets and slept on their bare mattresses. All but one of them refused to do so. Yeah. When the experiment was coming to an end, so like when they were kind of getting towards... How how long did this go on for? When the experiment was coming to an end, the prisoners were offered the chance for parole. It wasn't even just at the end. Simbardo would just randomly go up to them and be like, so you can leave now. Uh, you won't get paid, but you can apply for parole. And if you're approved, then you'll be able to leave. You won't get paid? Zimbardo argued that the prisoners had internalized their roles, since some of them had stated that they would accept parole, even though it meant forfeiting their pay. Now, despite the fact that quitting would have achieved the exact same result without the delay involved for waiting for their parole parole requests to be granted or denied. They still waited for parole. He offered them this thing, said, like, even if they quit, they wouldn't get paid. He Mm -hmm. was like, hey, you can leave now and apply for parole. And if you're approved, then you get to walk out, but you won't get paid. And they're like, yeah, okay, I'll apply. Wait, but then I'll wait here. Even after forfeiting their pay, they were still waiting in the prison, participating in what was happening. Because they were waiting for parole to leave. There was a chance they would be denied parole. (laughs) What is that? In this made-up world, you're like, here's an out, but you might not get it. Exactly. He argued that they had no reason to continue participation in the experiment after having lost monetary compensation. And yet they did, because they had internalized their prisoner identity. They felt that they Mm, really needed to wait for the sense of approval or disapproval. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Even though, again, they could have just been like, it's all part this. of the like, experiment. They're all volunteers. They can't <laughs> hold them. That's kidnapping if they hold them. But they yeah, had yeah. internalized it so much. So when the experiment was finally aborted, basically it, the, 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 he had a bunch of psychologists kind of do a walkthrough. <laughs> we were like, this is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Not a single one said that. Only what? one of them did. Uh, he, oh, he well, was, I mean, that means the single one did. He was dating a like, he was dating an, another psych professor. This woman I can't remember her name, but he brought her through, and he had done tour after tour after tour with these other professors and psych people. Uh, and she went through, and she was like, "Jesus Christ, Philip! Like this is awful. What are you doing? Like this right. is so, horrible." So and then he was like, "Yeah, okay, you're right." When you say uh, he brought psychologists <laughs> through, you mean he brought a bunch of like middle class white men through, and they were like, yeah. "Cool." Seems yeah. fine. <laughs> she was she was the only one to uh, step back and see. And right. as soon as he saw uh. that, as soon as he made him see that, like what was happening was so yeah. horrible, he was like, "Yeah, we have to stop." Right. So, uh, it was aborted after. Can you guess how long did this run on for? Thirty six weeks. Thirty six <laughs> weeks, Julia. Uh, two Think months. Of, like, uh, three all, months. All of the horrible things that happened. Like, I bet it was. Is, horrible amount of time <laughs> i it said was, three months it was six days six <gasps> days oh my god that happened in six days oh, that's well, really fast i mean <laughs> i guess when day two you two results of fire riot. extinguishers then yeah that escalates quickly yeah uh the entire experiment had been intended to last two weeks that was the the how long it was wow supposed to go for it didn't even last a week it had gone downhill so quickly that as soon as he kind of stepped out of the box, because he was well, he was in that role too, right? Like it, I don't know that he should have put yeah. himself as warden, no. because That's he not starts biased. to see it as he well. Put himself and into it. Watch a fucking prison movie. The wardens yeah. are never the good guys. Yeah, yeah like hello Shawshank, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know you're just as involved in it. So as soon as he stepped out of that role and like actually looked at what was happening, he was just like, no. Okay. Right. As soon as that woman I came thought, in, I immediately um, thought of Warden Gentles from <laughs> from Arrested Development. <laughs> I 
I don't know why that's the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> Writing a screenplay. Yeah. Um, also, I'd just like to like side note, and I don't have any specific examples to, like off the top of my head, but there's so many things throughout history where it's like a bunch of men doing shit and a woman comes in and she's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing and they're like oh yeah like this is really fucked up it's so true <laughs> it it happens so, so much true. like no again like because, i don't like, have and i don't want to try because i know i'll probably end up being wrong but there are so many instances no, pull it into a psychological perspective too of like think of like boys playing Playing, yeah we're playing army we're playing cops and robbers we're, we're, and, yeah. then, and then a girl comes along and she's like what are you doing <laughs> yeah like, i mean well i get to beat him up because i'm a cop <laughs> yeah exactly this is, this is a bunch of boys playing and it just is yeah. an extreme it's been really scenario. far so yeah. however it has been used scientifically to explain things um situational attribution states that humans will assign external causes to their actions to explain them. So in this situation, the guards weren't psycho being assigned. The roles is what made them that way. Mm-hmm. Or the power prisoners weren't mm-hmm. subservient, but being assigned a prisoner role immediately put them into that perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, it's used to explain situational attribution uh, as well as cognitive dissonance. And that occurs when a person holds contradictory beliefs, ideas, or values and is expressed as a psychological stress when they participate in an action that goes against one or more of those beliefs. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yep, same with that. Again, the psychological torture that they were kind of putting them through. And, yeah. of course, the psychological power of being given authority. Yeah. yeah, no control. The prisoners learned that they had little effect on what happened to them, ultimately causing them to stop responding and or give up. Quick to realize that the guards were the highest in the hierarchy, prisoners began to accept their roles as less important human beings. Yeah. Again, not it was a toss of a coin. They yeah. weren't more important human beings. Yeah. There was nothing concrete about this. These people weren't criminals. Those people weren't trained guards. Yeah. There was and- but there was still a uh, aspect of authority that was respected. Right. And even like that you said at the beginning, they've specifically picked people that were like the same economic class, the same, Mm -hmm. close to the same age. Like, so they did all of them white because they didn't want to have that racial aspect. I mean, that's, that's a really big thing too, but that's not really what the experiment was about. No, right. But it is, but there's a lot of things there. Like they only tested people to make sure that they were resilient to stress. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't mean that like, no, again, like if, how if many of, one them of the wardens, shows, uh, it's like, or, um, what, what did I, what was the word that I used? I can't remember. If one of the wardens were the like, tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they were like kind of those like bullies, you know, and then it only takes one person to like that mob mentality where it's just like, let's do this. And they're like, okay, why not? They can't do anything about it. You know, yeah. like, um, but also, again, because we're kind of talking about it, and we're very, uh, there was controversy mm-hmm. immediately as soon as it, it happened, like that very quickly. Um, so what's this guy's name? He's an academic and filmmaker. He's French. Uh, they feeble, <laughs> T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T, Thibault Le Texier. He wrote a book. He wrote it in 2018, but he was an immediate critic. Uh, it's called The Story of a Lie. Um, that title is in French. <laughs> That's the translation. Uh, mm-hmm. He wrote that it could not be meaningfully described as an experiment and that there were no real results to speak of. Basically, yeah. like there wasn't enough. It wasn't a testing pool. So like. What's a good example? Let's take what's happening with the vaccine right now with the AstraZeneca that we've been talking about with people are like, it causes mm. blood clots. And there's like, there's no proof because the mm-hmm. pool is so small, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't possibly test that when there's so few, it has to be a repetitive thing that happens. Right. This you- is one instance with nine, well, 24 people. And it only happened once. It's not like he stopped it and then hired a new 24 and did it again. Hired a new yeah. 
did it again. You have to be able to test your results against your own results. Yeah. And change right. variables. And exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. he should have done the six days and then switched everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone go home. And now the prisoners are guards and the yeah. guards. But then you have a sense of revenge too. Oh yeah. I, I think, so. have to, I I think so, you have yeah. to start it that over. With sense. Yeah. 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 But, that makes sense. but the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? what happened it, it was so inhumane right there's no way he mm-hmm. could do it again he did it the first time getting away with it not knowing what was going to happen i mean is there not though like i think there i think there are uh what's the word i'm looking for um anyway when you have like a prejudice against someone <laughs> we're not finding like, words today no, well. <laughs> it, it can be so mm-hmm. minute like we were saying like how it was all white people and you didn't put minorities in there but like yeah. you know if you had done that experiment with like white people as guards and minorities as prisoners or vice versa or like you know there's little things that could change so it's hard mm-hmm. to tell like exactly what the the cause was but you could see that with like things that happen around the world like like all of world war ii what happened with germany um with like concentration camps and stuff like that like you can't specifically say that every single person in germany was a horrible monster but at the same time there are people that fell in line and then there are people that you know spoke out and the people that spoke out were a vast minority to the people that were like yeah we'll just pretend we don't see what's happening yeah and then the people that immediately like jumped in and were like yeah i'll be a guard (laughs) there's a quote from a guard that i didn't include where he was like he had joints on him like he brought joints to smoke on his break or whatever and he's like these he had a quote where he's like i just kept looking at these poor fucking idiots in these cell and i wanted to like give them a joint and talk to them and and they literally pulled them aside and were like get into your role oh like, so you, yeah then they're like too they're nice. forcing it on people too exactly so so are there, are there more quotes from people yes so zimbardo okay. himself uh, agreed that it was more of a demonstration than a scientific experiment Quote, from the beginning, Mm. I have always said it's a demonstration. The only thing that makes an experiment is the random assignments to prisoners and guards. That's the independent variable. There's no control group. There's no comparison group. So it doesn't fit into the standards of what it means to be an experiment. It was a Mm. very powerful demonstration of psychological phenomenon, and it it has had relevance. However, there's a bunch of backlash to the experiment in general, some even saying that it was forced. Uh, Carlo Prescott was one of Zimbardo's prison consultants during the experiment by virtue of having served 17 years in San Quentin for attempted murder. He spoke out against the experiment publicly in a 2005 article he, um, he contributed to for the Stan- Stanford Daily News. After he read about the various ways in which Zimbardo and the others used the experiment to explain atrocities that had taken place in real prisoners. Or in real prisons, sorry. In that, <laughs> sorry article, <laughs> in that article entitled, quote, The Lie of the Stanford Prison Experiment, Prescott wrote, Ideas such as bags being placed over the heads of prisoners, inmates being bound together with chains, and buckets being used in place of toilets in their cells were all experiences of mine at the old Spanish jail section of San Quentin, which I dutifully shared with the Stanford Prison Experiment Brain Trust months before the experiment started. Hmm. that all of these carefully tested psychologically solid upper middle class Caucasian guards dreamed up this on their own is absurd how can Zimbardo and by proxy Maverick Entertainment I guess they made the (laughs) express horror at the behavior of the guards when they were merely doing what Zimbardo and others myself included encouraged them to do at the onset or frankly established as ground rules right so maybe they were given like this is things that have happened in prisons and then it's like because it is you you hear that six days thing and you're like holy fuck how did that happen in six days how did it get so crazy in six days without him being like hey here's an idea yeah why don't you do this yeah so may i have permission to share my screen oh yeah sure go ahead Um, (laughs) oh oh she actually (laughs) i have to actually ask for permission (laughs) I was like, that's so formal. May I? I should be able to go now. Okay. So that's a picture of the prisoners with their stocking caps and they're like. That's day one, I'm guessing. One of those. Yeah. There's a big big smile. smile (laughs) (laughs) That smile would soon fade. Um, And. 
that's one of the guards with the prisoners. So you can see yes. they have like kind of like a oh, mock yeah. uniform and the baton yeah. with the glasses, which I never thought of immediately made me feel like uh, think of Cartman. Yeah. <laughs> Again, too many South Park references. But then yeah, I was kind of thinking about the psychological ramifications of that as well. And mm-hmm. um, how much I hate talking to people when they're wearing sunglasses. It's a, yeah. it's a psychological mm. barrier, right? You can't see their yeah. eyes. You can only see yourself. So if you're having like an intense conversation, I don't want to look at myself in that moment. And it really breaks down a lot of barriers and it breaks down a lot of. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. It's really. Yeah. Really, Especially uh, the like super reflective ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. aviators. It, yeah. I think you're right. It definitely, if the psychologist in the program had been removed from it and hadn't really, like if it had literally just been like your guards, your prisoners, you know, like, guards work like the the guideline of like guards you get an eight-hour shift then you get to go home prisoners you're here for forever now go without like any kind of like some prisons do this and then sometimes it happens like this and like like they must have told them like what you were Mm -hmm. saying they must have suggested things to them if they hadn't done that and then they had just kind of like periodically checked in and been like what do you think like (laughs) yeah how do you feel about this then yeah it could have been like a good psychological experiment I think the only thing you could say about it is it just shows that like when someone is a person of authority you just listen to them like how the prisoners eventually kind of just fell yes. in line and because then the is... guards were listening to the warden the whole time there was no contact from the prisoners to the warden right that yeah. I think that's the most uh interesting part of this is the immediate subservient of them um but because felt... they didn't have a reason and especially yeah. that whole thing with um, the parole, with them willing to wait for parole rather than just leaving, even yeah. though both meant that we, they were going to get paid. We, it's just. We have that now. Like there are some people that just like a hundred percent just respect police officers. Like they just mm-hmm. see that as a respectful or like, you know, and I'm not saying again, not everyone in a, tiny group is a terrible person but like sometimes like a police officer will commit a crime like what just happened no. in the UK that with that guard or like the cannibal cop or whatever and people are like what a police officer and yeah, they're like, just yeah people. they're a human they're capable of being awesome and they're capable of being fucking monsters that's yeah it, what it's happens. A, it or is like a politicians people do that too there's just such this respect for someone who's a politician and it's like why why are you mm-hmm. doing that? Like, it's just a job. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're just cashiers. No one's Why like, are you, oh you my God, a, politician? a banker murder to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a banker. Like, <laughs> like, no, again, he's just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> a dude under there. <laughs> like, <laughs> just a dude. Wolf cop? <laughs> now we have to include that. <laughs> oh, we will. <laughs> um, so, it was yeah, Tom Cruise the whole time. That was crazy. So there is a new Netflix. Maverick Entertainment. <laughs> is that what you said map entertainment there's a there's yeah. a documentary about it and i'm pretty sure that's oh. the documentary and it was a response when the documentary came out and then uh, an, a, a movie like it's a fictional not but acting mm, movie right a fake movie um <laughs> so yeah it's interesting now Very I want interesting to, this one got a little long i didn't realize how much was going to be in it uh but there is a couple of different experiments that you can read up on that have happened. And the other one that I was going to do is a teacher somewhere in the States. He was uh, teaching about world mm. war two. And Alice, yeah. you mentioned this already as an example, but somebody put up their hand in class and said like, how, how could an entire country get in line with this? How did this happen? How mm-hmm. did they, that's the second line? wave. Hmm? I thought it was called, it's like something like a wave. Like they did yeah. like the sea. Yeah, exactly. Like and so he put them in an experiment. Sorry, I know it's visual. <laughs> and uh, he gave them he gave them all little roles. And it was just little things where like the kids with brown hair were in charge. And then he would give them these things every day that would and and by the end of it, there was like bullying and there was like it was mm-hmm. absolutely oh, like people insane. like ratting each other out. Like you'd be yeah. talking to someone and be like, This is bullshit, and then the next day you'd be kicked out of class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was yeah. just like a perfect experiment. And the way he did mm-hmm. it was very, very subtle. And, uh, and like one of the first the... girls 
who got kicked out like created like a resistance yeah outside of the classroom so i might do a follow-up and do it on that um it's pretty crazy it's it's i love socio sociological things like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that's not gonna happen to me and then it does yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that's what i mean like if the i think it takes a certain person like a certain personality and a certain i don't know sense of yourself to be the person that can be like I'm going to form mm-hmm. a resistance movement or to be the person that's like, this is bullshit. I'm actually going to tell you how bullshit yeah. it is. I don't think everyone has that in them, no. which is very upsetting. You, I think very like little think people do that. You're going to be the person that is that hero, but you're, you're probably not. <laughs> no, there's very the odds few of them. Yeah. I Unless mean, you're yeah. a person now that is constantly rising above things. Yeah. You're probably not going I to. I mean, there definitely up. is those people like, wasn't there like there was a whole bunch of students in Nazi Germany that like did like a anti-Nazi newspaper? I yeah, I just mean I think they were all executed. If you're wondering too. if you're wondering like, how you react in a scenario like that, just think of how you react in life. Yeah, like, are you a person that goes mm. to protests? Are you a person that you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's there's a misconception <laughs> <I am. laughs> that like things that things um just kind of like start like full force yeah it's not like it's like it no it's something that builds like and that's the thing the classroom one is like he did it it was like every day there was or like every weekend he would like think up something else to like throw at them and then for the next five days they would you know adjust to that and then it was something else and it was like this slow build of like that's why I'm kind of surprised that it was only six days and that's it makes like when you're talking about the influence, it makes sense because yeah, usually because it takes a lot longer for people to like, yeah, you know, yeah. like not I, I feel read, like I, they can I leave. I read this to someone else as well, and then did the same thing. Like, how long do you think this went on for? Uh, and they were like, oh, like two weeks, maybe kind of various. No, no, I think it said three weeks, but it was oh. just like again, you you can't comprehend an yeah. acceleration like that in that short of time. Yeah. Yeah, but again, these prisoners are not leaving. <laughs> yeah. There 24 hours of anything is really hard, let alone mm-hmm. six days. Yeah. There's another yeah. experiment too that was like they had someone in a room and they had to press these buttons and they, they thought that there was someone on the other end and every time yes. they pressed a button, it's been like an electric shock. It was it's been likened to that experiment. Yeah. Um here I have it. Just a second. Um, and then that was part of that thing too, was that they it's a people kept pressing the buttons because there was someone who was running the experiment who was like press the button and like not letting them like they weren't giving them an out and it was like a milgram experiment yeah and then there's some people that just kept going thinking they were electrocuting someone and some people that just stood up and were like absolutely not i'm not doing this anymore but there was no one on the other end i'm pretty sure yeah no i don't think so it was just the idea that that one does have somebody so uh obedience to authority figures uh it was done in yale university by stanley milgram uh they measured the willingness of study participants who instructed them to perform acts conflicting with their personal conscience they were led to Mm. believe they were assigning an unrealistic experiment assisting in an unrelated experiment in which they had to administer electric shocks to a learner Mm. oh yeah okay it was fake though and they yeah. accelerated. Yeah. They increased in levels mm-hmm. to the point where they would have been fatal had they been real. Yeah. A very high portion of subjects were full were able to fully obey instructions and and deliver yeah. what would have been a there, fatal shock. There is something Ew. about having someone who is in a position above you telling you what to do that you just as a person you can't be like no. And I I don't know if that's like a conditioning from when you're young or if that's just a human thing. That you're just supposed to, you're just supposed to listen to people. I, I guess you always get told, like, yeah. you know, behave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we're seeing a lot of that, like, right now with like all the shit with vaccines and stuff like that. Where it's just like, oh, but I might get like a rash or something. And it's like, fuck you. Sorry. I'm sorry if you feel that way, but like, I feel like you. If you feel that way, you're not listening to our podcast. But in case you are here, fuck you. <laughs> Like, just do it, you asshole. <laughs> like, honestly, I've had so many people come in to my job. Like, we're open, but we're not fully open. And people come in and they just, like, 
start talking to us like like I'm just going to stand there and agree with all this fucking bullshit that you're saying. Like, I don't care. Like, I can't tell you to fuck off because I'm working, but like, like, I don't understand. Like the, like it's such a little thing to do and you can help so many people. Like if some, if I was sitting in a room and somebody told me to do that and I could kill somebody with the amount of like electricity that I would be, I would never do that. I'd be like, fuck off. And I'm not that much of a, like, I don't go to protests and stuff like that. I'm not very, like, but you can't, there's, everybody has their point. And I find those, those, re- like, that research really interesting because I feel like in my, in my mind, I feel like there's more people who would stand up to stuff like that. And the results are always so baffling to me. Like. Yeah. Like you would like, think I can't that believe that <laughs> most people would be good and know not to hurt another person. And then yeah. you see the results and it's like, wait, only like 10% said no. And well, like, so yeah. this experiment was set up to explain how people followed in Nazi Germany. Yeah. Like how you follow yeah. those orders said in the first set of experiments, 65% of the participants administered the final massive 450 volt shock. 65%. Yeah. 65%. And all of them administered shocks at at least 300 volts, which would have been quite painful. Yeah. Subjects were uncomfortable doing so and displayed varying degrees of tension and stress, but they did it. Right. But it's also, they're in an environment where that's just tossed upon them. Like there's a lot of, <laughs> we keep talking about Nazi Germany, which is an upsetting subject, but no, but again, the gradual, a, yeah, a gradual yeah. erosion of, it wasn't people like as people. they woke up one day and they're like, no. we're Nazis now, but it's more you know, concerning like, that these people did just wake up one day and find themselves in a room and 65% of them were willing to kill someone. And there was yeah. somebody on that chair that was acting to yeah. make it seem like they were getting these horrible shocks. Like oh, they really? thought they were hurting somebody. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just the, buttons. no, there was an like, actor no. in the chair that was hooked up to the fake, the fake shock. Wow. Thing. I don't know how you would ever be able to do that. That's oh, here you go, Julia. 14 of 40 subjects show definite signs of nervous laughter and smiling. (laughs) We were talking about that before when you're nervous about something and you can't stop laughing. Uh, (laughs) That's not a reaction I have. (laughs) No. Um, Every participant paused the experiment at least once to, to question it. Yeah. Most continued after being assured by the experimenter that this is what they were supposed to do. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. I should have done you my know, thing on this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think another part of this is people like to be on a team. People like to have, whether it's like yeah, a it's nationality thing. Of mob like, mentality. Yeah. We're like all Canadian or whether it's like a political thing. Like I am this party or whatever. You like to feel like you're on a team. And when your team is doing good, you. Yeah. Or you, they are doing something that makes you feel good. Just maybe even being like, if it's a political thing. Maybe just being in power is a thing that makes you feel good. And then you Mm kind of just turn a blind eye to anything that's like bad that they're doing, but it's like, you should still be questioning what they're, they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, like, well, like there's that, that guard who was kind of feeling sorry for them and, you know, like being in that position where it's just like, where you're looking at it and they're telling you to stop and to, to be in your role and to respect your role. And like, there's that fear there where it's just like, well, will they just turn around and throw me in there? Cause I would rather yeah. be out here than be in there. Yeah. Uh, there's you know, a, a like, neat thing here that says um, none of the participants who walked away, the ones who refused to do it. None of them insisted that the experiment be terminated nor left the room to check the health of the victim before requesting permission to leave. So oh, that's well, interesting. Yeah, you wouldn't want, I mean, would, you want to just leave. You're like, I just person? need out of this situation. Yeah. This guy, it's, there's so many, this is really interesting. Very applicable. <laughs> <to lots of laughs> Maybe we'll have to go back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I definitely think we should talk about the, the, the classroom the school one. one though. Yeah, Cause I'll that is insane. Yeah. yeah. And it's also at much younger level. Like it's interesting to see. The impression that you can yeah. make on a young person. I mean, yeah. Uh, again, I, I, I think we'll cut it out, but that movie that I watched last night is kind of that same mm-hmm. premise of like how, how much some kids follow and how much some kids lead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really interesting. Yeah. It's crazy. And then it carries on into life, like into your adult humans. Yay. We are messy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, again, 
that woman came in and she was the only person who called them on that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly. what I really want to highlight. But I also wonder more if, women to call men on their bullshit. Yeah. If they had brought in anyone that was from any vague minority, I wonder if they just would have been like, I'm sorry, you're doing what now? Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. Well, and people that have actually been in prisons looking at that are just kind of like, like that guy that left that quote. He was just, he actually went through that on a psychological torture level of being in prison. Yeah. In mm-hmm. San Quentin. And did this experiment. And what did, he served, what did I say? He served. 17 years. 17 years. And he was working on that in the 70s. So he was in San Quentin through the, like the right. 60s and the 50s and like. And I mean, the one good thing we can say about this experiment is that it made prisons more uh, kind to prisoners, that oh, they uh, they started to understand the yeah. power dynamic. They don't make there. them shit in buckets. No, 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 no. no. I bet that no, never no, no, happens no, no. now. No. Uh, it, did have, it did have an effect, though. Uh, what did they stop doing? There was a note here. Shitting in buckets? Uh the way that they are juveniles accused of federal crimes are no longer housed before trial with adult prisoners due to the risk of violence against them because of this experiment. So I guess that is I'm one sorry. of the <laughs> they were, like, they were oh. doing that before. Wow. So they were like, okay, these adults are very violent. Let's make sure that they don't beat up children, just other adults. That's how we'll go. But then that doesn't even make sense because a lot of times juveniles like if they're like 17 years old sometimes they get tried as adults right it does but this says accused so they're being housed okay. in a jail with adults before they're even convicted oh jesus so that's an innocent child <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's dark what the fuck that's really, really dark i mean um, good <laughs> I well i mean you just you just made that. a criminal right there. yeah yeah innocent, you just created a criminal so yeah not that necessarily. is insane there's a, there's a french anyway, movie that's about that I think it's, it's all good like, the prophet or something and it's basically yes. that it's like a kid that gets like a young kid that gets arrested for a very minor crime and then when he goes into prison he comes out as like a freaking insane criminal mastermind and he was are like, you talking about shawshank again no, <laughs> no there's there's a there's a good hbo movie uh called the night it happened um it's kind of like a mini series sorry not a movie it's fantastic but this kid's commit uh, accused of committing a murder uh and it's very possible like it's they don't really he definitely didn't do it but there's like a 10 percent to five percent chance where sometimes you're like but did he but like there's so much going against him or against the fact that he did it anyway he gets a he gets put into jail while he's on trial and it just fucks him right up. Like he, they, they literally yeah. create a criminal because yeah. he's just so jaded by what's happening to him and he falls into a crowd and it's just yeah, know, bad place. So mm-hmm. that's such a good miniseries. I'd watch that again. It's really good. Anyway, thanks for listening. That was a little depressing. I'll send yeah. you some pictures. Kind of um, uh, but Wolf Cop's just a dude. So yeah, I mean, all those guys were just dudes <laughs> under there. <laughs> yeah. I guess and we have to end on something. <laughs> I I I just picture them all leaving like this like hangover type state of like walking out of that yeah. that basement out of a dream. Like what just happened? or a nightmare? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on who's on the yeah. side. Um, there yeah. are yeah like it's fucking crazy i'm gonna watch it's that so movie. crazy what they do with it i don't i haven't heard good things but we'll see so <laughs> marcy again with the do you want to plug shutter as well while we're <laughs> she's netflix. great recommendation i haven't heard good things <laughs> netflix i've heard it's terrible netflix <laughs> shutter i cancel I it all the time <laughs> after a month <laughs> but you keep anyway. going back so. i do keep going back they there's something there consistently get my money we, we go in in breaks you know whereas yeah. netflix <laughs> consistently gets my money because i mm. always want to watch something on there it's just not yeah, necessarily their own content but either netflix. way they get my money <laughs> <laughs> All right. i'll pay you for mediocrity okay yeah good night everyone okay. Good night. <laughs> Good night. You don't know what time it is. That's true. Good night. You don't either. Wait, follow us. Follow us on on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Give us some check stuff. out our website. It's in progress. Yeah.
iTunes. Odd Sisters Podcast at Word. Is it the Odd Sisters Podcast? The, the Odd Sisters Podcast. The at WordPress. O-D-D. Yeah, you know me. And tell your friends. Start from the beginning. Oh, wow. Remember the beginning yeah. where we just went off on like a Jesus Christ superstar? Yeah. yeah. Like, was like 30 minutes and almost peed ourselves laughing. Look. Yeah, it was pretty great. Look. You can't handle us at our <laughs> Jesus Christ superstar tangent. It is a beautiful intro us. as to who we are. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Scattered. Yeah. <laughs> at best. Not nonsensical. Yeah. Yeah. Informative. yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, okay. guys. Good night, Ted Neely. <laughs> isn't he dead did he die no oh i thought he was dead <laughs> well, good night <laughs>